I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Gets it back from James Neal. Alex Chase on Neal. Side of the net. Centers. One-timer save. Rebound. Score. Gaetan Haas has made it 2-0 Edmonton. His first of the year. And that would turn out to be the game winner tonight. The Edmonton Oilers win 2-1 in Calgary. The Oilers have won 8 of their last 10. They're now 11-8 on the season. How about Mike Smith? He goes to 4-0 and bumps his save percentage up to 940. He's faced 133 shots this season. He stopped 125 of them. Yessi Pugliarvi also scores his fifth of the season. And for the second time this year, the Oilers win, even though neither Connor McDavid nor Leon Dreisaitl records a point. And in the third period, the Oilers holding on to that lead, only allowed five shots on goal. They outshot Calgary 25-21 tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Thanks for checking in tonight. First of the home and home between these two teams. Well, Rob, I would describe that as a bit of an uncommon Oilers victory, given what we've seen over the last few seasons. I agree, uh, but it's something that you, you feel good for, good of if you're the, the coach of this team, if you're a fan of this team. They're finding other ways to win hockey games. It used to be uh, the Oilers won when Leon and Connor outscored the mistakes by their team. Uh, now the Oilers a couple times this year have found ways to win close hockey games when Connor and Leon have quiet nights. Uh, at no point in the third period did you feel that the Calgary Flames were, were going to overcome the one-goal deficit. They couldn't get anything going. There was no sustained pressure. That was as good a defensive effort as I've seen the Oilers have in a while. They just completely shut down the Flames team. Mike Smith made the saves he had to make, but about halfway through the game, he really never had to make another big save because the team played so well in front of him. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't a normal game. It was completely opposite of what we saw against the Jets. But the others are showing that they can play different types of games against different types of opponents, and that bodes well as the season goes on. Well, and Mike Smith didn't have to be as acrobatic or as busy as he has in some other games this season, but still extremely solid seeing the puck. I mean, I mentioned the Flames only had five shots in the third. They did hit a post on a power play, but there was another chance on the power play, Rob, and it was interesting watching it because it was one of those where the camera angle is lined up with the shooter and the goaltender. And there was a screen in front of Smith and Lindholm fired it. And, and then Smith just has it in his glove. Like he's, he's just picking up everything right now. Yeah. It's a guy that's in a zone. Uh, goalies will talk about it when, when they're in a zone, they, the puck seems to come at them slower. Uh, they seem to be taller than they usually are. They're able to define the angles properly. And the game, just like for a player, when the game slows down for him, it does that for a goalie as well. And Mike Smith is in that zone right now. He looks comfortable. It's it's not him having to, to make desperation saves or he's acrobatic. It's just simple right now. He's, he's not allowing rebounds. He's guiding any shots that he wants into the corner over the glass he, he's comfortable out there uh, he's I don't think any of us had admitted would have imagined that he'd come back I mean a 940 save percentage and a 4-0 record everyone was hoping that you know maybe he can at least spell Koskinen so Koskinen can get back on track and they can you know share the games and and give them a fighter's chance well it, it's been way better than that is Mike Smith has come back and been all world and because of that the others are on a nice little run right now and moving up in the standings 2-1, the Oilers win it. Pugliarvi from Barry and Nurse in the first period. Haas from Neal and Chason in the second. The Flames goal was Anderson from Goudreau. And uh, and that was, that was it tonight. Uh, I mean, certainly fewer highlights and a lot more, uh, much more of a lower event game than what we've seen in, uh, in many Oilers games this season. Let's go back to Calgary for Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. 
Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's Dave Tippett. I'm not sure there's anything you didn't like about your defensive effort from your entire team, but uh, can you talk about the Haas line and then the Larson-Russell pairing? Because those five seem to be excellent for your team tonight. Uh, Haas's line with uh, Neil and Jason give us a real strong game, good four-checking game. They chipped in uh, uh, the winning goal, and um, so a real strong game. I didn't like, uh, we got up early, you know, got up one nothing. but our, our first period, we I felt like we, we, we had to get better. Um, second period, about 10-minute mark, we started to push a little bit, and I thought we played played all right, but in the third period, was we missed a couple chances, but I thought we could have maybe uh, extended the lead, but we've, uh, you know, we we did some things well, but there's lots of things we, uh, we need to continue to improve on, and... Uh, you know, like I say, we've been playing okay, and we're finding ways to win, which is great. But we got to we got to continue to push to get better. Dave, uh, you're eight and two in your last ten, and in those eight wins, you've only allowed 16 goals. You talked earlier that you gotta, you know, limit goals against. And I know it's not yeah. perfect, but uh, you trending in the right direction. Yeah, trending in the right direction. I think you know, getting the two goaltenders back and, and up and playing certainly helps. Um, you know, but our our team, we're we're starting to. You know, you gel. There's certain things that you want your team to do when you're in certain situations, and we're starting to uh, acknowledge those things a, a lot more, playing kind of the right way at the right times in games. And uh, but still, lots of like I say, still lots of growth. We we can take care of the puck a little better at times, and uh, and some parts of the game where you'd like to see us play, uh, you know, a little a little more. Uh, uh, I don't know, just just uh, less less high risk and more uh, direct. But that being said, we're uh, you know we're getting enough to win, and that's what counts. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. Hey, you got a team that's you know you guys win. You're going to win your share of six four games and five two games and stuff. Uh, I thought tonight it's two one for quite a long time, and I didn't see Mike Smith having to make. A bunch of great saves. He played well. No, but no, played solid. Limited. He played solid, but he didn't have to put on a circus act here. This is a game that shows your team can win two one once in a while as well. Is that fair? I thought we played. You know, third period we played played pretty well. We were we played smarter and uh, and you know we did things a lot of right things. Won some wall battles and and competed hard in front of our net. And, uh, um, you know, last game we were in here, we, we gave up a lot of chances in the slot. Tonight, we didn't give up as many. And that's, uh, you know, that's, you know, when from a coaching standpoint, it shows your team's improving and we're moving in the right direction. So uh, we look, you know, we look comfortable in the 2-1 game, which is good. Um, you know, I thought we had a couple chances to extend the lead, but uh, their goaltender made some real good saves. But I like the way we hung in there and, and got the win. And Pugliarvi said now officially turned into a weapon for you guys. He's he's putting pucks away. All those chances earlier this season yeah. that weren't going in are now. Yeah. Uh, what's it feel like to have another top six forward in your lineup? Well, he's a good player. You know, he's he, we saw that early just with, with what he was doing. Like you say, he wasn't getting rewarded, but, um, you know, he's a threat out there. He's He, he gets himself in the scoring position and they start going in for him. He's going to. You know, he is a real good player, but he can be, and he's a dangerous player, but he's uh, a successful dangerous player when they go in for him. Ryan Rashog, TSN. Dave, you're, uh, you're developing some young defensemen, and Evan Bouchard's one of them. So as part of that, they're not always going to be on the ice deep in games and such. But, you know, because of all the back-to-backs this year and the tight schedule, you had Nurse out for 30 minutes tonight. Is that a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a dicey balance between not having to overplay your top four yeah. on the, on a back-to-back, but also, you know, getting these young guys in and, and playing them? It's always a balance, you know, young players, but, uh, you know, the expectation is to win, but when they get in there, they get expected to do the job. And we, we've relied on guys. And when Laggy was in there, we relied on him. And Bush is getting some quality minutes now. We're, we're, relying, on, we're relying on everybody. Obviously, you've got top players who are going to play in key situations, especially... You know, this is a really important game. You're down, you're coming down the stretch in 2-1, you're, you're going to play your top players. But, um, you know, it's a great experience for our young guys, and they continue to get better. You've had a run of games here for Mike Smith, maybe giving him a chance to get his feet underneath him. Uh, it hasn't all been great, but is this the, the battle that you that you like in Mike Smith, the way he fought back? Yeah, I mean, he had the one tough night, but other than that, he's been real solid, really solid. He was really solid again tonight, too, so... 
uh, like I say, it's great to we're a team. We need both guys up and going. And uh, now with Schmitty back, it looks like he's playing real well. And Koski uh, will get back in there. He'll play real well, and it'll be, uh, you know, I think they'll be a real good asset for our team. Jim Matheson. Uh, Dave, you, you referenced Hawes and Neil and Chase. On what did you like about them? Uh, they just they had good energy. You know, they 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 checked well in the offensive zone. Allowed them to keep keep pucks in there. Uh, you know, they made uh, got the winning goal uh, driving the net. Just simple play driving the net and hanging around the net. So they were just uh, they were a pretty good line. You know, Neeler was anxious to get in. He's put some good work in in practice. He was anxious to get going back. Haas is finally getting up to speed a little bit, and and um, you know Chase was a big guy that played with Neil in the play in the play in there last year, and they played pretty well. So I liked I liked their line tonight. They were they were competitive, and they uh, did a lot of things well. And do you like at the end of a game not having to mention uh, Drysital and uh, Connor McDavid and in, in a win? Well, I like mentioning that we played well as a team and we won as a team. Jack Michael, six thirty, Chad. Dave, I apologize if you've covered this, but just uh, the closing out in the third period, I, I think there was maybe seven or eight minutes where, where Calgary was just having trouble even getting across the line. Is that what you're looking for with a one-goal lead on the road? Is that is that a nice little blueprint to kind of set the standard? Well, you do a lot of things right. I would like to see us bury a couple of those chances, but their goalie made good saves on them, you know, so... We, we did a lot of things well in third, but there's, you know, it, it comes down to you need some saves, you need a good play. Maybe it might be a back check, you know, a puck that has to get in on, or get out on the wall and get in in the blue line. I mean, there's little things that have to happen to just increase the odds of winning. And I thought we did a lot of those things tonight. Final question, Tony Brower, Oilers TV. Hey, Dave, sorry, I jumped on late uh, myself, so apologies if you answered this, but can you maybe talk about the evolution of Tyson Berry over the course of this season? Obviously off to a slow start, but now he's second in the National Hockey League among D-men in scoring. Yeah, he's, you know, he's really come on the person. I think he was he was uh, one of those victims of no no exhibition games, so you're trying to get a feel for what he what he can do. He's He was getting a feel for his new teammates, and it took a few games to get going, and uh since we put him in nurse uh, when Bearsy went out, he's really played well, really come into his own. And uh, the same goes for that power play. You know, it took him for a little bit to get going, get comfortable there. But now he's uh, he's just he's in line with everybody else, and he's played very well. That is Dave Tippett, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, who win 2-1 tonight in Calgary. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with you at 9.53. Well, Rob, let's start with Tyson Berry, who was, he was asked about near the end there. And all of a sudden, Barry, who we were scratching our heads about six, seven, eight games into the season, now has 15 points in 19 games. And you're seeing what he can bring at times on the power play, maybe not so much tonight, but jumping up into the play and kind of acting like a fourth forward if there's space to do it. And that's what happened on the opening goal of the game when he set up Pugliarvi. Well, when Barry was looking at where he wanted to sign in the offseason, as an offensive player, you're trying to think, okay, where can I go and have success? And obviously, when you look at the Oilers lineup, they got the McDavid and Drysdale and Nugent Hopkins and these great players that can move the puck and create opportunities. So if you're Barry, I want to play there because, I mean, I'm going to get chances. And what Barry does is he jumps up late. He will uh, find a, a quiet area and everyone's facing. They're all back-checking so fast and he comes into the, as a second wave and now the Leons and the, the Connors can find him. And he's he's smart when he has the puck. We saw a couple times tonight and on the one where the, where the goal went in where he fakes the shot and then keeps moving and trying to find a better angle either to get the puck on net or trying to find a better passing lane. No one ever questioned his offensive ability. There was always some warts when it came back in, on the back end. But even that this year, and especially in the last 10, 12 games, isn't noticeable. I mean, the one tonight where he fell down, but he's playing 27, 28, played 30 minutes the other night. He's a guy that the coaching staff is relying on right now in big minutes and important times on the hockey game. So he's been excellent. And again, uh, when certain people wanted him out or there was talk that he should be out of the lineup, Dave Tippett had a little longer leash for him because he knew what this guy was capable of doing. And the Oilers and the Oilers fans and the organization has been rewarded because over the last 10, 12 games, he has been excellent and he's been a game changer. 
Well, and I mean, we really saw something different from the Oilers tonight. They only allow 21 shots against. I'm just looking back uh, on two occasions last season. They allowed exactly 21 shots, uh, a 4-1 win over the Rangers and a 4-3 overtime loss to uh, to Anaheim in, in February. So, I mean, the, the way they played in the neutral zone and, and the calmness they played with, that's, that's something that was really encouraging to see. It was. If you want to be a, a good team, a team that wins divisions, a team that wins playoff series, you got to be able to close games out when you have a lead. You do, I mean, you would love to extend the lead, and that's what Dave Tippett talked about when he said there was a couple chances in the third period they could have scored that you know, third goal that would have given them some more breathing room. But sometimes goalies play well, and you don't get that breathing room. So when you, 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 when you are faced with that, you need to be able to win the one-goal game. You need to be able to shut the other team down, and the others did that. The Flames pushed in the third period, but they got nowhere. Uh, they had one or two chances when they were on the power play, but five on five, the others clogged the neutral zone. And I, there was, I think it was one shift three times the Flames came up, got blocked at the blue line, the puck went all the way back down the other way. And twice, Jujar Kara did it himself. The guy's trying to beat them because there was nothing. There was no lanes to pass the puck. They dumped the puck in. The others held up the other forwards. Mike Smith would come out and play it, or the defenseman would get back there quickly. And they were out of their zone just as fast as the puck came in. This isn't what we saw out of the Oilers before. And it, it bodes well that they're buying into a system that allows them to win, you know, the, the high-scoring games against the Jets or also the low-scoring games against the Calgary Flames. That's how you win divisions. Quick break for the news and weather. You'll hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You'll hear from Gaetan Haas, who gets his first of the season tonight. We're also happy to hear from you. You can get us on the CertainTeed hotline, CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials, pro all the way, 780-496-0063. Oilers have won eight of their last 10, 2-1 victory tonight in Calgary. We're back after the news. Heartland Ford overtime open line. Nurse to Barry, hesitates, creates a lane. Now centers, quick shot, score! Yes, the Pugliarvi has made it 1-0. A beautiful feed from Tyson Barry and Pugliarvi's fifth goal in seven games gives Edmonton the early edge at the Saddle Dome. Well, they had the edge early. They had the edge at the end. 2-1 Edmonton wins in Calgary. Pugliarvi got it started 541 into the game, Rob, and He's, he's starting to make plays. and, and I mean, we, obviously credit to Barry. You talked about him getting down there and making that play, but I was watching Pugliarvi as Barry went in, and he's in front of the net where you tell players to go, but then he realized he could get even in even a better spot to be available for that pass. Well, the huge advantage he has is his size. He can go anywhere he wants on the ice because there's not a lot of players in the National Hockey League that can push him around. He, he's a big, strong man that can skate, uh, and he's starting to realize where he needs to go. Bob and I were talking after the game when Pugliarvi never really had to play this style before. He never had to go into the tough areas, be the first guy on a four check, uh, you know, go in front of the net on a power play, be the guy that drives through the middle. He was always a guy in his draft year and before where he was the guy leading the charge. He's the guy with the puck on his stick. But there's now someone that's better than him that's on his line in, in Connor McDavid. So now he give it to him. And now you do those things and he understands his role now and uh, he's excelling at it. And I think he's smart enough to realize that, you know, if I do the little things that the coaching staff and my line mates need me to do, I'm going to have a, a spot on this line for a while. And if I have a spot on this line, you know, I could have put up some pretty good numbers. So, yeah, he, he goes to the front of the net, he hangs out there, and his talent has never been an issue. Uh, it, it was all upstairs for him, a confidence, and whether he could think the game fast enough, well, he's simplified his game so he doesn't have to think as fast, and his confidence is soaring right now. And I, I, when you have success, you feel good about yourself. And I don't know if there's anybody on the team right now that enjoys scoring more than he does. The smile on his face after he scores is huge, all the way back to the bench. And that is a good thing because he's having fun. And when you're having fun and you're good, well, all of a sudden success is going to stay with you. Oilers win it 2-1 in Calgary. Our CertainTeed hotline is 780-496-0063. Mike has given us a dingle tonight. Mike, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead, sir. Hi. How's it going, guys? Good, Mike. Yeah, I just wanted to say that was a good game. I'm happy with what I'm seeing with them. 
and it's a good night between the whole crew when you know connor and dry are pretty quiet and uh mike smith mike smith is doing great i'm happy he's keep i'm happy he's still a net and i'm hoping he'll still be a net as he continues to win and uh yeah and as the playoffs go i hope we keep playing like this because we if we do when we make the playoffs we're gonna have to put up with teams like tampa bay Florida and Carolina those are tough teams to play against as you go on into the playoffs so I hope we build that momentum and I hope we keep strong in the group and yeah that's my comment yeah I appreciate that Mike and well he's highly optimistic because the earliest you can play those teams he listed would be in the semifinals there won't be conferences this year so whoever wins the north division you don't know exactly which uh, division you'd you'd wind up playing. Yeah, I mean, if the Oilers uh, played like this or similar to this, I'm not going to guarantee any seedings or places in the standings, but they're going to be in every game and they're going to be in the race. And uh, we talked about it a bit before the game, Rob. When Mike Smith is is hot, he's hot. And and even last year, I mean, I got his stats right here from last year. October 2nd to November 2nd, he had a 931 save percentage. November 6th to January 2nd, he was 856. And then January 4th to March 11th, he was he was 912. I mean, clearly he's not going to stay at the 940 he's at this season. But, you know, I interviewed on Inside Sports last night uh, a development coach by the name of Adam Francilia who works with a lot of NHL goaltenders, including... Connor Hellebuck, who he's worked with for the last few years, Mike Smith, and he connected in September and October to, to work on some things and, and try to, you know, make sure Smith was um, building on all the things that he does well and maybe getting some of the things that he didn't like out of his game. So far, so good with that. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, and I don't think we'll see. I, I know that Mike said he wants Smith to keep playing. I think we see Koskinen again tomorrow. I, I I feel safe about that guess for once, but we'll we'll, we'll see. I don't feel I, I, safe I think, about any guess like that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, well, well, we will see Koskinen at, at times, and and that was yes. that was the hope that the two guys together would be better than maybe they would individually if one of them had to carry the entire load as as Miko was doing at the start of the season. No, that is true, and, and Koskinen is going to be a better goalie with rest, and we saw that his last start. Uh, he was being asked to do too much, and it's not on him. I mean, that was a mistake due to uh, the injury at the beginning to Smith that from the Oilers' management, But and Koskinen was put in a really, really tough situation. But now that if they're both healthy and they're both playing, they can start spelling each other off, and that makes the Oilers a tougher team to play against. And So Smith is playing well right now, but you also got to – it makes it much easier for Mike Smith or, or Koskinen when he gets back. And if the Oilers play like they did tonight, it wasn't a high event game. So you're not asking your goaltender, okay, we're going to need you to make about a dozen really hard saves for us to, have to win this hockey game tonight. He had to make a couple saves early, and then the Oilers shut her down. They didn't give Calgary anything. And any goaltender can have success if you limit the other team's chances. So uh, tonight was a game that Mike Smith continued to flourish it was also a game that the Edmonton Oilers defensively were much better than they have been. And that uh, when you have good goaltending, you don't give up a whole lot against, you're going to have success. So, uh, yeah, it's the Oilers right now have the benefit of two goalies who in their last few starts have been very, very good, which allows them to feel comfortable with whoever they put in that. Oilers win 2-1 tonight over the Flames. So this 10-game season series is now tied 1-1 as they'll play again tomorrow. Let's go. Uh, do we have Nugent Hopkins ready to go, Kellen? I think we have we have the Nugent. All right, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So the old Ryan Nugent Hopkins used to probably think it was more fun to win these games like 6-1. Uh, now that you're a wily veteran, uh, is there some satisfaction in winning a tight, ugly 2-1 game like this? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll definitely take the points uh, any way that we can right now. Um, uh, probably wasn't our prettiest win, but uh, sometimes it's it's going to go down like that, and um, you just got to grind it out. And I thought uh, Smitty and our decor were really solid tonight. Um, not uh, giving them too many uh, good opportunities, and uh, Smitty just was there when we needed him. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a uh, this is going to be a tight checking uh, tight checking division uh, when it comes down to it. Um, I know it's been h- kind of high scoring, but it's not always going to be like this. And 
Um, so, I mean, tonight we'll definitely just take the points any way we can. I think that you guys went four years without winning a game that um, McDavid or Drysdale didn't get a point in, and now you've won two inside a very short time. Uh, what's that tell you? Well, I mean, uh, I think everybody can see our uh, um, the secondary scoring has been there. Uh, third, fourth line is uh, they've both been buzzing. Um, tonight, I thought Hodges' line right from the get-go. Um, they just dominated the play and uh, got rewarded with one in the second period, and uh, that was huge for us. And uh, we just kind of carried that on uh, for the rest of the game. Ryan Rashog, TSN. Ryan, it wasn't so long ago that we were we were grilling you guys about you know, too much five-on-five five offense against and not being able to defend the way your intention was coming into the season. And it's been a complete turnaround here, you know, in your last 10 games or so. What do you think turned it from a squad that was really having trouble defending to doing a pretty good job of it now? I just think uh, everybody's on the same page right now. Um, at the start of the year, it was kind of one-guy goals, uh, second guy's a little late, um, and kind of third-guy third goals. But I think right now everybody's on the same page. We know what we're doing. Um, the the systems are there. Uh, the structure's there. So everybody has faith in each other. And uh, if something does break down, we know that we, we have each other covered. You have a couple of guys, um, you know, in Neil and Haas that miss significant time, you know, in COVID protocols and for health issues and stuff like that. Maybe just goes to show that it like it, it takes guys a little bit of time to get through that, and and now that they have, um, you really see them getting up to speed. I imagine you're happy for them, considering what you guys saw them go through. Oh, for sure, it's uh, it's it's going to be a battle, I think, for anybody. Uh, you miss all that time, and then you kind of got to get yourself because uh, it's not like you can uh, be skating the whole time either. So it's it's a little different than a normal injury. Um, it's uh, it's going to take a little while to get your legs under you, to get your timing back, and um obviously especially when you're coming back and it's uh 15 uh 10 15 games in so uh definitely happy for those guys to, to be feeling good and uh and feeling like themselves again tony brar oilers tv hey ryan i'll ask the same question i asked dave Tippett. can you just maybe speak on the evolution of tyson berry because obviously he was off to a little bit of a slow start this year but now he finds himself second among uh nhl d-men scoring and what kind of element he continues to bring to your team each and every night? Um, yeah, I mean, Tice has been uh, really solid for us. Um, he's a great great on the power play, but he just, uh, he's so smart back there, 5-on-5, five five, making plays, uh, poised with the puck, and um, I think it goes for everybody. It's uh, it's it's what comes down to confidence. Um, if you don't have confidence, it's hard to make those uh, poised plays, and um, it just seems like if you make uh, one mistake, they just kind of snowball, and um, <clears throat> so I think confidence is a huge thing, and Good to see him uh, with his confidence right now. Obviously, in the North Division this year, you've been seeing a lot of the same opponents on back-to-back -back nights. So when you win game one, what do you expect in game two from the other team? Yeah, uh, we know that they're going to have a push, especially a back-to-back. -back. It's uh, It's been like that all season, um, and it's going to be like that. So we, we need to understand that, um, especially come back home. Um, we need to establish our game uh, right in the first period. Uh, we need to take care of our first few shifts and uh, make sure that we uh, control the pace. And, because we know that they're going to be uh, they're going to be coming hard, and uh, they're going to want those two points for sure. And uh, we got to match that, and uh, and just make sure that the, they have to catch up to us. All right, that's the news. As the Oilers win two one in Calgary, Edmonton out shooting the Flames tonight, 25-21. Power plays Edmonton zero for two, Calgary zero for three. Faceoffs this evening, Calgary wound up with the edge at fifty four. Percent the top faceoff man tonight for uh, Edmonton was actually Jujar Carey. He went sixty percent. Drysital was at fifty-four percent. Uh, tough night for uh, McDavid in the faceoff dot. Uh, he won two out of eight. Not a lot of faceoffs tonight, Rob. There were only thirty-seven faceoffs in the game. This was a quick game. A lot of a lot of time between whistles. I mean, there was about six minutes before the Haas goal. Third period had a couple of long stretches. You, you've probably played in games like that. Does that make it easier or tougher for players when it's going that long between whistles? Oh, players like it because you, you, you get more shifts going. You just turn over as quickly. You're coming off this, you're going right back out again. Uh, so it, it works good for the players. And there weren't a lot of whistles because there wasn't a lot of shots. There wasn't a lot of great opportunities. So they weren't like there's two or three shots in a row. Goalie has to hold the puck, you get the face off, and you start all over again. So it was good that way. 
the, the game was quick and it allows the coaching staff to use their whole bench. Now, having said that, using their bench, the one thing that you, you're starting to see uh, with Dave Tippett is, is in his trust issues here, really, like Chris Russell, who was on the taxi squad, has moved back into a top four role, played over 20 minutes tonight, and Evan Bouchard Slater Cuckoo both played under 10 minutes, and this is the second game in a row. It might be more than that, but I know for sure second game in a row where Bouchard's played eight, nine minutes. Yeah. When Bear comes back, and hopefully it's sooner rather than later, you got to start looking who's going to be in and out of the lineup. And right now, uh, Bouchard, who's very, very good with the puck on his stick and still learning the game defensively, has fallen out of the trust of uh, Dave Tippett for you know important minutes at important times. Chris Russell now has earned that, and uh, you would expect that Chris Russell will stay in the lineup when the lineup starts to change when Ethan Bear comes back. Yeah, and I mean, Cuckoo played under 10 minutes as well. So the majority yeah. of this game with their with their top 4D, which I, I think they'd like to spread that around a little more, even if you get that bottom pair up to 12 or 13 minutes, it, it, it'll it help a little bit. We'll, we'll, you know, Bear's going to come back. Uh, we, we're not sure how bad Lagason is hurt. Caleb Jones hasn't played in a while, Rob, but the way things have gone this season... I think everybody has to be ready. And I think we have to expect that, I mean, unless you're Nurse or Barry or Larson, uh, or unless you're really the top four or five forwards, you, you might have to sit out a game. And then since whoever's on, on the taxi squad or, or a scratch might be needed just for injuries, fatigue, hot, hot streaks, cold slumps. So I think, you know, you can say, well, this guy hasn't played for a while. This guy hasn't played for a while. Three weeks from now, we could be talking about that guy having played four games in a row. No, you're right. And the one good thing about the taxi squad this year, it's allowing the players to be more game ready when they get their opportunity. Because when you're playing uh, games and the Oilers, the way the schedule is right now, you're playing so many games over and over. There's not a lot of practice time. On a normal season, there's usually two or three extra players, and that's it. So mm-hmm. when they stay out afterwards, it's really hard to have any game-like situations with two or three players. You, you, you work on your skills and you work on your conditioning, but you're not really working on game stuff. But when you have eight, nine guys that are sitting out every game, now you can actually do game situational stuff. So these guys are working hard and staying in shape and staying in game shape. So when they come back to the lineup, and we've seen a number of players like an Ennis, like a Neil, like Chase on, uh, up front, Bouchard on the back end. When they come in, they've they've come in seamlessly because they've been doing this in practice. So that's one of the good things that the National Hockey League did this year by having a taxi squad with a number of players here that when players come into the lineup, they're more prepared this year than they have ever been in, in, in as long as I've followed the NHL simply because there's more guys in practice to push them and the competition is higher because it used to be, if, okay, if one we got one extra forward, two extra D. If one forward's struggling or someone gets hurt, I know I'm going in. But when you have three extra D and five extra forwards or whatever it is, there's competition. You better be really good in the practices because if we're going to pull this guy out, i got to beat four other guys in the taxi squad out before I can get into the lineup. So competition and, and game awareness are two huge reasons why when the players start coming into the lineup, they don't look out of place. Alexis texts in saying, isn't it more fun watching the Oilers without worrying about the goalie? Smith was great. Alexis says her blood pressure did not rise tonight. Eagles Larry <laughs> says the Oilers played an almost perfect game. Might not be exciting, but good to see that they can play that type of game if they need it. They need to sign Barry to an extension. He solidifies the top pair. Another texture says, I thought Larson played great and Dreisaitl was sloppy with the puck. Too many turnovers in the Ozone and he missed a double barn door goal. Well, I thought I, I mean, I'm going to give Riddick I don't think credit he, for the I don't save think he on that missed one. That. Yeah, I'm not going to go with he missed that. He put it where he wanted to, uh, and that was just a great save. And, I mean, that could have changed the outcome of the hockey game because if Drysettle scores there, the game's over. Yeah. Uh, great save. Uh, ooh, I mean, he needed to have Rich needed to have a good good game today. He struggled big time this year for the Calgary Flames, and like we saw with Koskinen, have him get overworked. Markstrom had been starting to get overworked because they had no faith in their backup goalie. So it was a good game for both goaltenders tonight. Oilers win 2-1. The Certainty Hotline is 780-496-0063. We have Derek standing by. Hey, Derek, thanks for calling, man. Go ahead. Hey, hi, Reed. How are you doing? Good. 
Hey, met you there a while ago. I don't know if you remember me. Probably know so many Derek's, but I've got the weirdest question, and I thought it's been asked a million times before. But uh, the the noise that comes over the fan noise that comes over on the TV is that piped in during the games for the for the players? Yes, yes, that's oh. played in the arena. So that's what you're hearing is the arena noise. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good because I, li- I like that actually. But you know, if a ref misses a call, you hear that oh boo and all that stuff and. That's pretty good. Okay, that, I just wondered. <laughs> I just wondered because, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. Well, you're going to finish the play. So here we go. You've already got a Hungry Herd premium sampler box. Top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices. Alberta owned and operated. Kellen, what do we have tonight? Now Darnell Nurse to care off the draw. Quick shot, save, rebound. What a stop by David Riddick. He robbed Archibald and has it covered with a buck 54 left. Okay, Josh Archibald's dad was Jim Archibald, who played in the NHL for a team that no longer exists. Was it the Minnesota North Stars or the Jasper Javelins? (laughs) (laughs) Minnesota North Stars. It totally was, Derek. Uh, Thanks for calling in. Kellen will take your info down because we got to put your name into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. That's courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. Javelins were a good franchise. They, they could really slice through that neutral zone trap. They, they were good. I mean, twice they made it to the finals and never able to, to overcome the Banff Grizzly Bears. But, you know, I mean, you can't have it all. A, a mountain range, a great skiing, and Stanley Cup champions. You had me fooled. I, had to, I was flipping a coin here to see which one it was. Well, speak, speaking of which, uh, have you seen any of the pictures from Lake Tahoe? No, I haven't. You should look. You should look, Rob, where that the rink is for the two games this weekend. It's like it almost looks like a fantasy rink they'd make in a video game. There's a lake. The lake's right behind. The mountains that are in the background. Cool. Yeah, and like John I mean, Shannon, I had John Shannon on, and he said they couldn't do it in a year with fans, right? So they're making the the best of a bad situation because you couldn't stage that type of a game and pay for it and not have fans there, right? So this year, there's no fans anyway. So they're like, let's pick a beautiful spot and put an outdoor game there. It's pretty neat. Oh, good on good on them. I, I'm going to go look for sure. I mean, the thing is, they could do that in Jasper and Banff or any of those areas here. Well, they really, talked about really Lake cool. Louise, right? But uh, yeah. And I asked John about that too. But, you know, Canada is obviously a little different than the States. And he said that being in a national park in Canada and you, you get into all that kind of stuff. But who knows? Maybe someday. Okay. Oilers win 2-1 over the Flames. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You'll also hear from Gaetan Haas. $200 donation tonight to 630. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Chad Santa's Anonymous. That's from James H. Brown and Associates Serious Injury Lawyers. They're given 100 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Good stuff from them. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, the Oilers have now beaten every team that they're going to play this year in the regular season, which I think every team is going to do the, to every other team. <laughs> Rob, if it hasn't already happened, Calgary and Ottawa hasn't played. I uh, haven't played yet. Well, I guess, I guess uh, Ottawa hasn't beaten Edmonton. Um, so Edmonton wins 2-1 tonight over the Flames. They're second of 10 meetings this season. They're going to do it again tomorrow night at 8 at Rogers Place. Our coverage will start with the face-off show at 6.30. Brian writes in, he says, a lot of time has been spent talking about reuniting the Dreisaitl, Yamo, Nuge line. And justification for not doing it was that McDavid needed someone to play with. Well, McDavid has someone to play with. It's Jesse Pugliarvi. It goes without saying that he has come a long way since the beginning of the season. RNH is struggling, and it's not working right now with McDavid, so he needs a change to energize him. As for who to put with McDavid, either Ennis or Cahoon. I'd like to see Cahoon get a look up there. That is from Brian. 
Yeah, and I completely understand why you're saying that. It, the problem right now for, for, let's go back to the second line, Leon, Yamamoto slowed down and completely understandable. There was no way he was going to keep up the pace that he had last year, point a game. Uh, it's tougher, your second go around, your second year in the National Hockey League, because you don't surprise anybody. So now Leon's playing with Yamo, who's struggling, and Cahoon, I mean, as much as you loved the effort, he was not accomplishing really anything offensively. Ennis is a, a, stop, a stop gap guy. He's a guy that you can throw in for short periods of time, but he's, he's not a second-line player in the National Hockey League anymore. So now your second-line, Leon, and I've read all the stats, he's, he's not getting any scoring chances himself. He's creating for other people. They're not scoring, and nobody's creating for him. So that's where if you put Nugent Hopkins there, at least now you've got someone that can make the play. Leon Leon can score, but he needs somebody to get him the puck in a position to score, and his wingers haven't been doing that. Again, the same problem. Like, Pugliarvi has played better, but uh, there's there's really no left winger outside of Nugent Hopkins that you can throw up in the top two and feel real comfortable with right now. The others still are have some depth issues. Um, you can see frustration a little bit creeping into Leon's game because uh, there's a lot of times he wants the puck, he's not getting it. It, it might happen. It, it may happen. They did it at the end of the game. We saw uh, Yamamoto, Drysaddle, and Nugent Hopkins reunited for a couple shifts. Who knows? Maybe it'll happen sooner rather than later. Well, it's not as big a concern when they're getting some wins and the Ebony exactly. will win eight of their last ten. More to come here. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Gaetan Haas, post-game reaction coming up as well. His first goal of the season turned out to be the game winner. The Oilers win 2-1 in Calgary. Back after the news and weather. Heartland Ford, overtime open line. As we bring him back to the live action from the left point that's wide and brought back the other way by Calgary. Kachuk down low, Mangiapane shot denied Smith. What a save. Got it high blocker. And the rebound pulled free by Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Another good outing by Mike Smith. He has stopped 125 shots on 133 shots against this season. That's a 940 save percentage. He's 4-0. and I did have a couple people saying, how could he be 4-0 and when he was the starting goalie in a loss to Winnipeg? Well, unfortunately for Miko Koskinen, he let in fewer goals than Smith that night, but he let in the game-winning goal. So he takes the loss. Smith got a no decision out of that one. 780-496-0063 if you want to chime in tonight. Kyle Turris was a healthy scratch, Rob. You know, that'll be something else to watch going forward if he gets back into the lineup. Well, he will, but when he gets back in and, and how he plays, I mean, the Oilers are going to need more from him here as uh, as they move along as well. But a 2-1 victory tonight for the Oilers uh, over the Flames. So now their record is up to 11-8 and eight on the season. And James Neal comes in, and, and Nugent Hopkins gave that line credit. Neal and chase on they were good and it's a veteran line it's guys that have been around and I, we, we talked about it when guys get pulled out of the lineup there's there's two things they can do they can work hard to get back in or they can pout about it and guys that have been around the national hockey league for a long time they're there for a reason because of the uh, they understand the business they're the professionals they know that things uh, go up one day go down the next day when you get your chance be ready for it and they were. Chason, when he came in, was good. Neil, when he came in, was good. They didn't pout. They went out and did their job. And it's whether whether you get five minutes, 10 minutes, 15, 20, whatever you get in the game, make a difference in those minutes. And if you make a difference early, you're going to find yourself getting more minutes. And that's the one thing that I've always liked about coaches. That's the one thing that I've noticed with Dave Tippett. A line may come in as your first, second, third, or fourth line on the depth chart to start the game. But he, how you play and how that line played will dictate how much ice time you get. And that line got more and more ice time as the game went on because he's earned. they've earned the trust of the coaching staff. So, yeah, they were good and a very important goal for, for them. I know that uh, uh, Calgary scored right afterwards, but they be, that was a buffer. They, they, they extended a lead so that when there was a mistake and when Calgary did tie or get that goal, they were still in the lead. So a huge goal from that line. Some veteran players understanding and accepting their roles and, and playing well with it.
All right, other action tonight as we check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Oilers farm team, the Bakersfield Condors, getting their first win of the season. It was a tough start for them. They were 0-5, but tonight they beat San Diego 5-1. Tyler Benson had a goal in this one. Ryan McLeod had a goal. And who was the winning goalie? Just double check. It was Stuart Skinner, the winning goaltender. He stops 22 out of 23. In the NHL, Laurent Brassois, the former Oiler and Oil King, gets a shutout for the Winnipeg Jets. They win 2-0 in Vancouver. The Hurricanes, uh, man, Hurricanes and Panthers, Rob, really doing well here. Hurricanes beat the Blackhawks 5-3. Panthers only have a couple of regulation time losses. They were all over the wings tonight, 7-2 the final. Yeah, both good hockey clubs. Now, it's really hard to judge uh, how good teams really are because they're only playing teams in their own division. So if you got a weak division, you're going to look better. You have a tough division, you're not going to look as good. But Florida, they're making a move, and they had a great series against Tampa. I think last week they played two or three times in a row. Uh, good hockey club in Carolina. Just They continue to get better. And the thing about Carolina, their star players, all young. So they're going to be good for a while. Yeah, that's an interesting division to watch. That is uh, the central division. So Florida's 11-2-2, Carolina's 11-3-1. Now Chicago's 9-6-4, but they've played five more games than Tampa Bay, who they're only a point ahead of. So Tampa Bay's 10-3-1. So, I mean, at the top, you got Tampa with a 750 points percentage, Carolina's at 767, and Florida's at, at 800. So the top three have already separated a little bit there. Columbus is still sort of, sort of lurking. Uh, Dallas hasn't played as many games because they had... Man, they've had a couple of postponements, haven't they, with COVID mm-hmm. and now now the weather stuff. So that, that could be an interesting division to watch. Uh, Detroit's not off to a great start. Nashville's doing not so great. So, yeah, the... Well, uh, well you the word you used, too, uh, you can apply right now in the Canadian division to separating. You're starting to see some separation. Another loss by the Canucks. Say they're playing better, but they're continuing to fall behind. And it's going to be tough to come back in a division without a like a 13 and 2 run or a 14 win out of 18 games because all the other teams that are ahead of you are playing each other so one of those teams is always getting points so there's now separation starting ottawa everyone as everyone expected they're they're going to fall out of it playing better but they're not going to be a playoff team and vancouver's just there's such a space now i'm not exactly sure the amount of points but there's now they got to overcome a lot so yep. now they're falling off the pace, and there is separation in the Canadian division. It's, uh, it, it's, it's. I don't think anyone expected Vancouver to fall off this quickly, but it shows you what goaltending does. Not that they're getting horrible goaltending, but they don't have Markstrom now, and that and he made up for a lot of deficiencies in their game last year. Yeah, and you got you, like I've just as I said, I've often just been sorting the standings by points percentage because Calgary mm-hmm. and Vancouver have the same number of points. Calgary has four games in hand. Yes. And I know, and I know, you know, I know you often say, well, the games in hand are great, but you have to win them. But if you're already tied with a team with, well, with games in hand, that's a pretty you big You have advantage. the opportunity to win them because Vancouver right. doesn't. So, and that's why tomorrow's game is so important too for the Oilers. If they can sweep and get four points against Calgary, Calgary already will be like, ooh, a third of this way into the season. Yeah, it just gets a little more daunting. And mm-hmm. it, it's tough getting up, looking at the standings every morning, saying, Oh, if those teams played last night and, and they're both ahead of us and one of them is going to f- go further ahead of us. So, yeah, it, there is a little bit of um, separation now amongst the, the elite and the teams that are going to have to really go on some sort of silly run to be able to get themselves back into it. Yeah, the Oilers are now second in points, but fourth in points percentage. So, you know, I more consider them fourth. Um, five points ahead of Calgary. Calgary does have two games in hand. And so, yeah, if Edmonton, if Edmonton wins in regulation tomorrow, that's a seven-point cushion. Mm-hmm. So then Calgary's two games in hand already are, aren't looking as good. I mean, still a lot of track to cover, but as we often say, the, the points early in the first half of the season count the same as the points in, in the second half. So, it, you know, Edmonton's recovered from that bad start. Good to go eight and two. They've been able to win a few different ways, Rob. I, I mean, it's not uh, – I mean, last year the formula was – largely special teams and, and goaltending mm-hmm. at times and clearly goaltending has been big here for the last couple of weeks the special teams haven't been as 
critical when the Oilers win a game, though. I mean, they got the penalty killing tonight. This wasn't a big power play game. Um, they've been able to win a couple games with just a power play goal. You know, what were they one for five, one for six last game against Winnipeg? So the formula has has shifted a, a little bit for the Oilers with certainly with some depth scoring and some defense scoring helping way more than it did last year. Yeah, and the, every game except for was it one maybe this year against the the Canadians early. Uh, every game you can think, you know, at the end of the night, you're like, well, the Oilers could have won that. I mean, they're all close. I mean, there was games last year, even the Oilers were winning. They were winning simply because their power play went four for five in a game that they were badly outplayed. You know, not the whole season, but there were games that they weren't as good in. This mm-hmm. year, they've been competitive in all of the games except for one. And at the end of the night, they can say, you know what? I mean, we, they could have won that game. The game, they, um, I mean, they were, they're eight and two in their last 10. The game against the Calgary Flames, they were the better team that night. They, I mean, so... They are some of the thing, the moves that they made in the off season to shore up uh, their depth have paid off. When you've got a a fourth line where you can put a, a Neil and a Chase on on your fourth line, I mean, you feel pretty confident that two veteran guys who you know last year at times were both on the number one line in, in, for the Edmonton Oilers, and now they're playing a different role and not counting counted on it as much. But they understand the role and are trying to excel at it and accept it. So, this is a. I think this, the, the pundits before the season said that this would be a very tight race. They, I mean, people. I, I don't think this is the best conference. Excuse me, the best division, but it certainly is the most competitive. And I think we're seeing that. The, like the Ottawa Senators, who are a team that uh, has had more or less zero goaltending most of the year are not a bad hockey club. They're giving teams a push when you play against them because of their work ethic and some young stars. So this is a fun competitive division to be part of. And the good thing is every game seems to be a one goal game, at least for the Oilers, which is entertaining for us watching. Yeah. And yeah, and you have to be comfortable in those games. And I mean, we saw that, so often, Rob, the, the the teams we covered where the Oilers were, you know, 28th, 29th, last place in the standings where, you know, I remember Anaheim used to beat the Oilers almost for fun. And, they, <laughs> you know, they could they could have opened it up and tried to win 7-3 or 7-4, but they were just like, no, we, we know we, we know they'll mess up before we do. We'll we'll win one nothing or two one. That that's that's fine. You know we're we we know eventually they're going to make a mistake. And I, I'm not saying that the Oilers are, are are at that level or that they're just sitting back waiting for other teams to make mistakes. But you have to be comfortable in a in a close game. Not panic. Trust your teammates. Trust your goaltender. And and over the last couple of weeks, we've seen a little more of that. Well, the difference between great teams or really good teams in the NHL and the average is the great teams win the one goal games. And we, I remember we've had uh, callers that have called in when the Oilers have beat a bad team, they beat them by one. Well, they should have beat them more than that. Well, the great teams don't beat the bad teams 6-1, 7-1 every night, but they'll beat them 2-1. They'll beat them 3-2. They'll be, they, they understand how to win the close hockey games. And that's what you want to be able to do through the regular season. Because when you get to playoff hockey, it seems like every game is a one goal game whether it's the first seed playing the eighth or the second versus seventh, whatever it is, it's always one goal games. And the teams that are comfortable, that don't get shaky, that don't make that mistake, don't get nervous, those are the teams that go further in the playoffs because they've done it before. And now we're starting to see the others learn how to do that. And if they can, it's going to bode well through the rest of the regular season and then hopefully a playoff run. But you've got to be comfortable in those games. And we're starting to see the others get better and better at it right now. Yeah, I, I like how you put that, Rob. And it is an interesting discussion. And I, and I understand, um, you know, bounces are a part of hockey. I mean, the Flames could have uh, banked one in off a guy's rear end tonight in the third mm-hmm. period and put the game into overtime. And, and the quality of the Oilers play would have been the same. But, but I, I do think over the long haul of a season, the, the better teams win the close games. Yep. I don't think winning a one-goal game is, is, is a fluke or 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 an accident. Uh, the Oilers uh, get two tonight in a 2-1 win. Whenever they get five or more, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That's presented by Japanese Village Restaurants. Thrilled to serve you again for dine-in and takeout. Complete details, jvedmonton.ca. Okay, we'll call a quick timeout, and then you'll hear from the game-winning goal scorer tonight, Gaetan Haas on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 2-1 Oilers win it in Calgary you have about 10 minutes to go to the Oilers website 
Go to the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation online 50-50 raffle. It's presented by REMAX. Estimated jackpot for tonight now at $754,000. So you have until 11 to get a ticket every game day. You can go online, get a ticket between 9 in the morning and 11 at night. There have been some uh, big ones this year. Well, not that there's anything wrong with winning half of $754,000, but some have been even uh, even larger than that. But uh, certainly the Community Foundation thanks everybody who's uh, pitching in, and congratulations to the people who've been able to uh, win a little bit of cash there as well. All right, Gaetan Haas, the game winner tonight. Here he is. Gaetan, uh, we know you've been through quite a bit trying to work your way, um, you know, back into the lineup and, and back playing regularly again. Um, maybe just describe how it feels to to be in the lineup and then to be contributing the way you are. Yeah, it feels great. Uh, that was a hard time. Uh, I work hard and today I, I'm just happy to, to have the team. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of um, maybe what some of the toughest things were that you went through in waiting to get back? And, you know, were there some days where, you know, felt like it was a real long way away? Yeah, sure. I mean, mentally was the hardest part. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, you got through the COVID, uh, come back, and then uh, you have some issue again, and that was the hard part. But I work hard, and I'm just yeah, just happy to be back now. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. Do you feel like like you're in the right place here? This is a team they've got all the high end talent figured out, uh, but what this team's searching for, Gaetan, is is guys in your position that can chip in, that can help a little bit. Is this the right place for you to be right now? Yeah, sure. Uh, when I signed by the orders, I was sure that was the, the right place for me. So now every time I step on the ice, I try to to give my best. Uh, I always did that. So yeah, I just keep doing that. You get uh, a win tonight where um, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid didn't get a point. This team doesn't usually win when those guys don't get a point, but you did tonight. Uh, is that overall a good sign of a team that's starting to figure it out? Yeah, I mean, everybody in this team want to wanna help those guys, so we're just happy if we, if we can do it. So, yeah, it's always great if you, if you can... Uh, Take the, some goal and uh, let him uh, a little bit uh, free for a night. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Gaetan, can you describe your goal, please? Um, I think Chaser uh, came in zone, bring to Nealer. I uh, bring the puck to the net. I try to go hard to the net, find the puck, and yeah, just just happy to have the rebound on my stick. Um, you kill a lot of penalties, but tonight also you get lots of five-on-five five five play. Do you think uh, tonight was one of those games where you, your whole line actually got to play, you know, like a regular shift as opposed to, you know, you killing penalties but not playing so much? Yeah, it's always nice if you can play five-on-five. Five. If you, you have rhythm, uh, it's helping you play good. So I think our line today play, play really hard, uh, which is... Keep it simple, put the puck deep, and go to work. And I think that that was a pretty good game. Yeah, and uh, all the forwards playing, you know, relatively regular shifts, given how they're how they're going to be used. I guess Dominic Cahoon, maybe the exception there. He only played eight and a half minutes. He was the only forward under ten minutes for the Edmonton Oilers. For the Calgary Flames, Rob, and it's an ongoing story there. Sam Bennett, who had four shots on goal tonight. But he was minus two, only played six and a half minutes, uh, didn't see him in the third period. Yeah, and again, I, I know that the, the TV guys were, were talking about the fact they didn't know what had caused it. I know minus two doesn't help you, but I don't remember him being at fault, you know, on the goals. Uh, and I agree with Jack, and Jack talked about it. Every time we've seen Sam Bennett play, he seems to be effective against the Oilers. And... 
he brings a sort of game that you would love in the lineup on a daily night uh, on a on a nightly basis. So I don't know what he's done to get himself, you know, out of favor with that team. But to me, he's a guy. If just looking at their lineup, especially Monham out of the lineup, Derek Ryan out of the lineup, you would think a Bennett would be something that you would relish having and be being able to put out there. Uh, consistently. I mean, the way he plays, he plays physically, plays a little nasty. He's got some skill. He's got toughness. Uh, I don't understand it um, on that side. As for the Oilers, uh, Cahoon, it's tough for him when there are specialty teams. He doesn't play on either one now. So Mm -hmm. he's going to be low man on the totem pole when it comes to time on ice. But the coaching staff had trust in all four lines because all four lines were were good when they were out there. They, They... uh, didn't give up. They didn't leak chances against. And if that, and, and I know that, I don't know if you watched between periods. I know you're on more than I am, but Matt Stajan was talking about third and fourth lines. And he was in an argument kind of with, I think it was Eric Francis, where he said that third and fourth lines, if, if, if they're not on for anything against, don't, don't look for goals from them. You don't need goals from them. You just don't need them to give up any against. That's what you and I have been talking about. If you aren't, if momentum's not changing when your third and fourth line are out there, if they're not, giving anything up at the end of the night, if they're even, then they've done their job. And I think that's what you saw to the third and fourth lines for the Oilers tonight. They gave them a chance every time they were out there, which allowed your superstars not to get overtaxed. And we'll see if Sean Monaghan plays tomorrow last on him day-to-day with a lower body injury. The Oilers have won eight of their last 10. They're 11-8 and eight on the season. 2-1 win tonight over the Flames, who dropped to 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one. Hey, let's do it again tomorrow, this time at Rogers Place. Face-off show on 6.30, Chad. We'll start at 6.30. The game is at 8 p.m. Get more on this one on 630Ched.com and globalnews.ca. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, and our studio producer tonight, Kellen Kennedy. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Talk to you tomorrow. 630Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630Ched.